Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the WBRX Wake Up Call. These are calls that we do on a weekly basis, and um, you know, between myself and Sean and many of the leaders that we have within the organization, we're always uh, you know starting off our week the best way that we can with um, you know information that we hope is helpful, and also just to you know go go through uh, some of the things that are applicable to today to what's going on in in our world, and specifically with uh, Wellness Biosciences RX, what we can do to help each other as we're, you know, looking and uh, heading forward and building our business and all the things that are involved. And today or this week is a, a phenomenal week. I think it, it definitely marks a year ago where, uh, you know, we uh, unfortunately, you know, went into a shutdown mode. And so for those of us on the phone that have, uh, you know, made it through the last year, we all understand the challenges associated with being in the middle of a global pandemic and all that's involved in that. And I know uh, you know, for us, it was really, a, really a blessing in so many different ways to, you know, have gone through this past year. Many people have asked me, they've said, Barry, you know, you know, how, how would, you know, how did you guys do, how did you guys manage through the, the last year? And, and, you know, where you really, you know, wasn't necessarily an environment where people could get together person to person or in small groups and you're building and developing a network in a, in a network marketing, uh, organization in, in this in this day, in this climate. And, uh, you know, it's really simple. I mean, we just had, um, you know, we happen to have products that really met the demand of, you know, social anxiety and the things that, you know, come along with that. Uh, and we, we just had great leadership, just people that regardless of what was going on in the environment, um, you know, in, in, a, in a challenging time, they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't freak out. They didn't go into isolation. They just kind of, you know, continued uh, to go out and, and, you know, share the opportunity and, and do the business. And that was really uh, the game changer in terms of, uh, you know, what made the difference from us. We just had some people that said, regardless of what's going on in the environment, we're going to lock and load and do what's required. And I think that, you know, today, you know, what I'm, what I'm, I'm not going to, you know, uh, spend as much time as I typically do because I want to have an opportunity to listen to Sean. I think that um, he's got some good information. But I, I think that what I would just like to emphasize more than anything is that as you – you know, as you kind of look back over the past year, and I, I know I've had an opportunity to do this, you just get very thankful. You know, you just get very thankful about even the challenges that occurred because on the other side of the challenge, there's always something remarkable that happens. And I would venture to say that most of us on this call, I think that there are a couple of exceptions. I see, you know, we've had some some more people have climbed on, but many of the people that are now, you know, participating on a continuous basis, you know, with our calendar of events, they're plugging into our Zoom calls, they're actually out developing and building a business. A year ago, they weren't even involved in our organization whatsoever. Not only were they not involved, but many of the people on this call right here today have gotten involved during this time, and they've also brought on new people and they're they're the ones that are actually in the in the build phase and the focus phase of developing a network in the business. And I say that because you know the people that were here a year ago, many of them, maybe they went out and you know we've I've got you know many examples, but they went out and they brought us some phenomenal people. And those people brought us more people, and literally you know those individuals brought us hundreds of thousands of dollars of business. That is just a fact. And yet, you know, you don't hear them all the time as consistent as many of the people in the build phase of their business today. Maybe they, maybe they just found themselves, you know, occupied in a different place. And, and a lot of these guys, I mean, 
They made, you know, anywhere between eight, ten, fifteen, you know, up to fifty thousand dollars in their in that year's time, and they did it on a spare time, part time basis. And and that doesn't mean that they're not active in terms of buying the product. It doesn't mean that they're not active in terms of engaging now and then. You just don't see them on a continuous basis. And people often ask me, they say, Well, Barry, you know what what is the key to building and developing a, a strong nucleus or, or let's say a strong network in the in the business? And I the answer never changes. No matter what company you go to, no matter what organization you're with, it's always about building and developing those core leaders, that core group. So when I, when I see that, you know, we, we see that people kind of come in, come and go, at the end of the day, you, you, all of us, have to build a core team of people within our group that will, you know, that will commit to the same extent that we're prepared to commit to, and, and you're like-minded, you're equally yoked, and you have a vision of what you want to accomplish, and and that doesn't. I, I'm not here to suggest for one second, guys, that that uh, you know that people are going to come tap you on your shoulder and say, "Hey, I've got a vision for the future. This is something I want to do." In many instances, you're going to have to be the one that demonstrates, you know, by virtue of what you do. Hey, this is something I'm excited about. This is something I'm doing on a continuous basis. And when they see that continuation in you when they see that excitement in you, when they see that stick to it in you, then that starts to draw people to you. They want to be a part of what you're doing. They want to become involved. They're, they're looking for direction. I, more than ever today, I see people looking for direction. I think that, you know, we, we have all kinds of things taking place in our, in our um, political environment, you know, both locally and federally. You know, it's, it's a big shift from where we've been, where there's a lot of stimulus money, I guess, that's being thrown in people's directions, you know, because that's just what's going on right now. And, and I think that when we kind of look out and we say, well, what are we going to do to make sure that we're okay? You know, and, and I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're, if you're working in a job, that's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's noble. And, and that will probably allow you to build someone else's dream and help you make a living. And I get that. But Ultimately, you know, we firmly do believe in a free enterprise, and we do believe that real security is in that that you create for yourself. We, and we do believe that, you know, while it's, you know, it's noble to work in a job environment and you can make a living, we also believe that profits are better than wages. And um, it's, it's good to be in a, in a circumstance where you're in that free enterprise mode because if you're working for profits, that's where you can generate a fortune. I mean, it doesn't mean that... Everybody wants to generate a fortune. We understand that, okay? But it just means that if you fundamentally do desire to be in a circumstance where you have freedom, where you can dictate and choose where you go, when you go, and, and who you're working with, you don't have to have that directed to you. You don't have to have someone determine when you can take your breaks and vacations and all the stuff that comes with basically owning your own, you know, putting yourself into a business where you own your own business. You're, you're, you're basically the captain of your own ship. Now, that's not for everybody. There are a lot of people that I, that I genuinely do believe want to become entrepreneurs because they want the freedom, but they're not necessarily willing to pay the price required for that. You know? And so we always have to remind ourselves that, that our opportunity is a phenomenal opportunity. When people can grab a hold of it, they can see how you know, they can determine their own, their own schedule. They can determine their own you know, calendar. They can choose what they do. But ultimately, we're still having to work within our own, you know, 
our own decision making. We're still having to go out and we're still having to accomplish things just as though we were working in a job and someone was giving us a paycheck to do it. The difference is we're creating that paychecks for we're creating our own paychecks, and we're helping an organization of people do the same thing. So you know we get excited about uh, about the quality of the people that we have on board. There's no question. We've got some phenomenal things that are taking place. And before I turn it over to Sean, I'll just tell you as an example. Most of you know that uh, Joseph Trahan, who uh, has gotten involved, he is a PPC member. He's also uh, the gentleman who helped uh, c connect us to Simmer, which is very important. He continues to host uh, his own BizPack events because that's part of what he does for a living. But in those events, we have learned that there's great ways, and he opens the door for us to 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 uh, develop uh, our business here at WBRX because he's part of that. So uh, as a matter of fact, just, you just uh, I had a great conversation with him this morning. He's actually uh, uh, working this morning with some of uh, uh, Ted Cruz's team doing something. I'm not sure exactly what, so he couldn't be on the call. But, but he, he did share that they are going to have a BizPack event at the Federal Grill uh, this Wednesday to celebrate, uh, you know, Simmer, you know, having been there during a time when, you know, there were shutdowns and no one could do anything. Now, this Wednesday also marks the day where uh, the face mask lift has been a removed mandate, uh, statewide mandate. Now, it's up to individual businesses, and the Federal Grill happens to be one of those businesses that's not going to require face masks. You know, and so everyone has to make a decision. But in this particular case, there's going to be a BizPack event there. It's very casual, 5.30 to 7.30, uh, basically just cocktails, and, and uh, appetizers, an opportunity to mix and mingle and see some of the, the new advances that are, that are going on with state representatives, some of the things that uh, legislation has, uh, ha has now uh, come, you know, come to the forefront and some of the things that are taking place. And, and things are moving in Austin in terms of the legislation where cannabis is concerned. Uh, things are moving also in our favor with this new CARE Act, which really is pretty exciting because now it's going to give us an opportunity. There's going to be a certain amount of reimbursement um, you know, a certain amount of dollars allocated for those people that want to, uh, you know, actually uh, have their uh, have their air, you know, their air sanitized. Uh, so we'll learn more about that as we get closer to legislation. So we, that's an exciting opportunity because it could potentially mean that that now you have, you know, you have funding available for people that would actually want to buy uh, the simmer unit. So. Uh, you know, as we get closer, we learn more about it. We get into more dialogue. We can, you know, certainly share that information with you guys. But right now, guys, on the phone, we, you know, we've got a group of leaders that span everywhere from California uh, up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, right here in the Houston area. Uh, you know, different parts of the country, you know, where where we know we have a unique opportunity to build and develop this business. And as you listen to our Zoom calls and some of the people that are coming on our calls from Idaho. Uh, some of the people now, you know, in different parts of the country, that's starting to now get into a, getting people into a position where they can start to build and develop their own market share in new markets throughout the country, which is exciting. So all these things, guys, that are taking place right now, I mean, right now as we sit here today, uh, you know, March 8th, 2021, the, the, this landscape is going to be so different as we move out the next three, four, five, six months, the next year, it'll be completely different within wellness biosciences than it is today. There'll be new people that will emerge in the leadership. There'll be new growth that will take place. And what we want to do is cultivate an environment where people can feel that sense of support, 
They know without a doubt that we as a company are doing everything that we can from a marketing perspective, everything we do to ensure that their back office is secure and safe, everything that we're doing to make sure that our shipment, fulfillment, delivery, procurement of new products that we're going to be bringing on, that that's intact. So we're, we have our hands full of new things that we're going to be bringing on as we start to develop new and emerging leadership in the organization. Now, that leadership, guys, will take place within your groups. It'll take place in your organizations as you continue to bring and you create more and more activity. I have to kudos to Olga Chapman right here in, uh, in, the, uh, in the Houston market, man. I mean, she's got a lot going on. I think uh, one of the gentlemen that we're going to be meeting with is talking about buying a, a good number of, of these simmer units because he wants to have the opportunity to get them before the price increases. And, guys, as of March uh, the 15th, the price is going to increase. Okay, we're going to go from our first phase of our you know, pre-launch to our second phase. So that's just part of it. As the price increases, our retail price, the, retail, uh, the pricing increases now, we're able to subject people to – um, you know our production bonuses and the and the movement of this of this simmer unit in our comp plan. So all that starts to prevail. But if you're positioned today where you know that you can get the simmer at a low cost and deliver it to someone else uh, at a different cost, now would be the opportunity to do that before the price does increase. And or if you want to wait until after the 15th when we have it, you know, have a production bonus attached to it and the price increases, that's fine too. It's just completely up to the individual as to, as to how they want to build their business. My recommendation is is to take advantage of the opportunity, um, you know, after, before that occurs, and, and then you know, give yourself a chance to make more dollars on just, you know, taking the product at a lower cost and making it available to someone else out there. There's that taking place now. Also, as we kind of wrap, as we kind of ran through the week there, you know, we we extended the month of February. Okay, we extended that month until Friday of last week. And then in that, on that same day, we had several people that had some things that, you know, had come up, not just one, but about four or five people where their folks were just not quite, they were just right where they needed to be, but just not able to complete the order. So we're going to extend that month. And this is the only time we're ever going to do it this late. We can't do it any later than, than Tuesday tomorrow because as of, as of the 10th, we started doing, um, you know, we started doing mock runs of our commissions for, for, you know, residuals and for bonuses. So we can't wait beyond tomorrow. We don't even like to wait this long. So we're going to extend the month of February for those that have people, you know, you've connected with us, you let us know, but we're going to do it. We never do it with just some. We're doing it with everybody. Now, this is not going to be an email that we're going to send out. Really the people that are plugged in uh, on our calls and Zoom calls and what have you, that, that's really what, who we're doing this with and for. So for everybody, though, involved with Wellness Biosciences Rx, we're extending the month of February till March the 9th, and that is our drop-dead date regardless. Can't, can't help you any more than that. And we understand why you're doing it. We want you to get paid, uh, you know, also here coming up, you know, the 20th. Which, so you've got people doing orders and putting their orders in, you know, as of latest today or tomorrow, and then here we're turning around we're paying you. And we understand that. It's going to happen from time to time, but certainly – you know, we're, we're not going to extend the month this long ever again, okay? This is just, you know, ninth is just out there. It's just too far. But we're going to do it this month. We recognize uh, the month of February was, you know, was very difficult for some people. A lot of people, some of the folks we have up in the Dallas market still getting into rental homes while their house is being renovated because of pipes diverse, and everyone had challenges. And so, 
you know, that took about, you know, at least 10 to 14 days out of the week for, out of the month for many people in February. And it was a short month. So we're extending uh, the month of February to now March the 9th. So everyone can just make sure that they, that they understand that. Uh, the the uh, calls that we have this week will remain the same, guys. We have our Zoom call Tuesday, our Zoom call Thursday, and then, of course, we do have a meeting in our boardroom on Wednesday, live meeting. And then don't forget on that same day, for those that are interested in, in attending that biz pack event, you're welcome to do so. And that will be a unique opportunity to network, to bring people, um, everyone that comes there that wants to have an opportunity to uh, get involved uh, on the simmer side and, uh, from a business perspective, uh, you know, by Joseph will be welcome to participate in WBR because that's how they'll be able to do it, okay, just through our organization. So, guys, we're excited about everything going on. I, I'm, I'm excited about many of you that have taken a position of leadership. I'm very, I, I keep talking about Olga because she's a representative of someone that says, you know what, I can do this business. And not only does she uh, do a great job of bringing people uh, continuously, but she's also out sharing the opportunity. And I think that, you know, when I, when I talk with her, you know, she's doing that at least three to four times a week on her own. And she's, so that's her focus. What I'm saying is she's not caught up into the insignificant many that don't, things that don't matter. She's focused on the vital few things. And every opportunity she has, she's focused on what she can do to add people to the network. And as a result of that, she's having very good activity, and we're excited about the, about the results to come from that activity. So with that, guys, I'm going to turn the call over to my partner, Sean Baker. And uh, always excited to hear what Sean has to say. He's got a wealth of knowledge. He's been doing this thing for, for quite some time and doing it successfully. So with that, brother, I'm going to unmute your line uh, from my end of it here, and I'm going to sit back and take notes. Go ahead. Great. Great job, Barry. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And, and I'm going to pick up right where Barry left off talking about Olga, and then I'm going to cover a couple of things talking about, you know, just patterns and behaviors and consistencies, things that I'm you know, I've learned over the years, things that I'm still learning, things that, frankly, that many of you on the call are, are teaching me on a, on a daily basis. You know, Michael and his consistent daily prayers is an example. I mean, I, you know, I've got, I've got 5,000 LinkedIn friends, and I don't know how many, you know, uh, Instagram and Facebook and then, and then just people in my phone, personal contacts. I, I would say I know – I'm just going to make up a number, guys, but I, I would say I know 10,000 people, right? And I've got people that pray for me, and I've got people that I pray for, and we share, you know, spiritual memes or, or uplifting things. But just one example, you know, Michael asked me over a year ago, I know it was over a year ago, he asked me if I'd like to be included on a daily prayer that he sends out to a group of men that it's important to him. And I would just tell you that in the last 365 days or so, I bet I've not gotten a scripture once, once, maybe. That's even a maybe. Because it may come at a different time of the day. Usually it's about 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, 6.15, maybe 6.30, but it's every day. And I just share all that with you guys because as it relates to the business, you know, what Olga is doing right now with consistency, and I can only say this because, you know, and I've only been in about half the meetings that she and Barry have had, and so I'm sure it's, it's twice true, but when I, you know, when I sit with Olga's prospects, just like I would with any of yours and just like Barry used to do with mine, you know, you, you, you warm up a little bit. So you're married, you have kids, you know, what are your hobbies? You know, what do you do for a day job? Whatever it may be. And as you're having the conversation and you want to shift it towards, you know, WBRX, one of the things that Barry is a consummate professional about, you know, and I certainly aspire to be the same, is not wasting people's valuable time. When they say that, you know, we say we've got a meeting starting at 11, we, we are there at 1030. 
And we're waiting on people to come in at 11 because we want to start at 11 sharp and we want to get them out of there at 12 o'clock sharp if possible. Now, if they want to sit around and ask questions or they want to stick around for lunch or they've carved out more than that hour that we asked them for, then great. We're all about you know, networking and communing and breaking bread together. But we're also about doing what we said we would do. And if we were supposed to start at 11, by God, we want to start at 11. If we're supposed to stop at 12, we want to be done and prepared to stop at 12 or at least reassess if the prospect has more time. But the reason I bring all that up is because the consistent message when, you know, so what, you know, we, we've warmed up now, we've talked about kids, we've talked about, you know, this and that, and we're starting to move towards the business Typically, we say, you know, so, so we, we honor your time. What has Olga shared with you at this point? And we will, uh, we'll kind of pick up there and, and move forward. We won't rehash a bunch of ground that maybe she's already shared with you. And pretty consistently, guys, they say she hasn't shared much, which is not a bad thing, guys, by the way. She hasn't shared much. I just know Olga. I know that she's excited about this opportunity. I know that she's excited about you guys. Her credibility with me is sky high. So I'm here to support Olga and learn what she's excited about. Guys, that's all she's doing. She's walking in the door. Most folks are sampled or she's got a sample, you know, prepared to give them a sample. And she's told them just enough to get them to sit in that seat for the next hour. That's perfect, guys. She's not trying to pitch today. Now, there'd be a day I can see Olga you know, up on stage, all mic'd up, you know, in her Sunday best, presenting whatever she wants to present, the comp plan, the six-step marketing program. But today, she knows that she is not trying to be the end-all, be-all for her prospects, and you never should. You may be the end-all, be-all to someone else's prospect in, in the process. You may be the reason that they, you know, they, they were inspired to go from a Thursday call to a Saturday comp plan call because, you know, Barry crushed the Thursday call or Dr. J.P. Nessick said something, you know, about his experience or Joseph said something about Simmer. So you may be the reason that someone else's prospect goes from one meeting to the next meeting as Barry's always talking about BAM fam, right? Culturally, we all need to be very aware of that. When you're talking to someone's prospect, you know, less about who brought you or are you, you know, have you signed up yet and more about what have you seen and what do you need to see and then how can we help get you that information, right? But, but Olga, as I come back just to, to, to close the loop on this, Olga does a phenomenal job of being a positive, lightful, I don't know if that's a word, but energetic, you know, light-filled person that people frankly just like and want to be around and they trust and they respect her enough to come with very limited information to meet a couple of guys, you know, for an hour at a, at a class A office suite and get some more information. And then I got to commend, you know, both, both Barry and I guess myself for, for, you know, sh sharing the information in a palatable enough way to motivate or inspire people to complete their due diligence. Guys, most times if you've sat with me and you've heard me talk to a prospect, whether it's on the phone or whether it's on Zoom, I am very, or I try to be very, very transparent about what we want from them. What we want is them to perform their due diligence, and that's different for everybody. And I tell prospects, I say, look, if you are medically, you know, aligned or you kind of have a bent towards 
the science, then your due diligence is probably going to be more about product quality, manufacturing processes, you know, certificates of analysis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, very scientific. Well, there are some people that look around the room and they go, well, that doctor's excited and that doctor's excited and that scientist is excited. And I've heard, you know, anecdotal testimonials from this person, this person, this person. You know what? Product must be pretty good. I've tried it myself. Due diligence to me means how do I make 50000 bucks a month, right? So due diligence to, to each person that you're talking to may differ from person to person to person. Some people, it's, it's purely a scientific due diligence, and money is kind of a byproduct. And there's other people that they, that, that they have the heart knowledge of the product, and they've had a phenomenal experience with the product because of our sampling program, and they just really want to know more about the financials. Well, it doesn't matter. Due diligence is due diligence. But what we tell people is, look, do enough of a deep dive, a thorough investigation, complete your own due diligence. Most of the folks that don our path are not you know, bottom feeders, and I'm not trying to be ugly to anybody. I'm just saying they're not walking in with an impairment that their own judgment and their own due diligence should be, you know, questionable to them. They just have to commit the time to get to think of the questions and then get the answer to the questions that they need to decide that they want to do this or they don't. But here's what I always tell folks, and, and you guys can I, – I probably stole this from Barry, and so you can steal it from me if you like it. I always tell folks, look, hindsight's usually 2020. We look back as an example on COVID – and I feel differently this March than I did last March about masks, about shutdowns. And I'll keep my opinions to myself. I'll just say I feel differently 12 months later than when this, this virus first came on the scene, right? We didn't know what we didn't know. We, know, we still don't know a, a ton, but we know more now. New information and new data has been provided that we now know more about COVID and and, and the virus and, the, and even the politics around it than we did, say, 12 months ago. Well, when you take a prospect and you're going to get them to make a financial decision to start a business, I just look them right dead in the eyes, and I mean it from my core. I look them right in the eyes, and I say, look, Joe or Sally or Sam, here's what we want. We want your hindsight decision to be a good one. So do enough due diligence that in the event you don't get involved, you look back in a year, and you have no regrets. You go, you know what? I passed on that opportunity, and I'm glad I did. Well, that's good due diligence. But on the converse, what we don't want them to do is not get involved and look back a year from now and say, man, I really missed out on a phenomenal opportunity. Because, guys, that is what we have. We have a phenomenal opportunity, and I'm going to talk a little bit here in a moment about everyone's, you know, I guess we call it like your, your boiling point or your breaking point, but this is a phenomenal opportunity for the right people, and the only way for them to determine, and frankly for you and, and Barry and I to determine if they're the right people is through that due diligence process. You know, do they show up when they said they would? Do they join the call? Not the call you wanted them to join but the one they said, oh, you know what, I can make that one, Olga. I can be there on Wednesday. And then do they come? Do they, do they show up on time? Do they show up dressed to impress? I mean, these are just indicators. I'm not saying if someone shows up and, and cut off shorts and sweats coming from the gym, but they're fired up about the opportunity. Look, I learned that lesson, not to judge a book by its cover, many, many, many years ago from a guy named Michael Keating who came to one of my meetings 
dressed like a homeless person and then went out and did $2 million in the subsequent 24 months. So listen, you know, you don't judge a book by its cover, but you, you, but, uh, there are indicators or there are signs that people, you know, have little, little character things like being on time or showing up late or, you know, showing up disrupted. Maybe they're, maybe they're not only five or 10 minutes late, but then they've got to kind of make a show about why they were late while you're trying to, you know, pitch a prospect on an opportunity or, you know, sample somebody or whatever. And so, so we always just tell folks, look, let us, let us give you or show you or guide you towards the answers you need to make sure that that hindsight decision 12 months from now was the right decision, whichever way you go. Because I would tell you guys, when you, when you only have one meeting with someone, and you know, the, old, the old cliche, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. But in all seriousness, if you only have one meeting, even if it goes great, you're probably not going to go from sampling someone, sharing the business opportunity, going through the comp plan, and closing them in one meeting. I have not seen that happen, but, but I mean, less than a handful of times, right? This is a two or three or four or sometimes five meeting process. So you just, as Barry always says, you always just want to book a meeting from a meeting. You don't know the magic meeting that someone is going to say, today's the day I'm ready to make my decision. I no longer want to pursue this, or I'm ready to start at manager, or I want to start at PPC. You never know if that magic meeting is going to be the third meeting, the fourth meeting, the fifth meeting, just, just to be a little funny, just put, trying to play tongue-in-cheek here, so please, I don't want to offend anybody. But kind of like dating, you know, you go on the first date and, and then maybe it goes good and you have some conversation, but, but maybe you don't have the first good night kiss on the first date. Or maybe you do, right? And then the second date and then the third date. And then, you know, after you've dated a while in this environment anyway, in this culture, you know, you, certain expectations start to, start to kind of quietly happen. Well, that's, there's a psychology of that. I'm not advocating for or against how people date. It's none of my business who you date how you date them, none of my business. But I'm just saying we, it's just something we can identify with that after, you know, it's funny when you folks I know that have been you know, dating two, three, four years, sometimes just a year, sometimes, you know, five, six, seven years, very, very common when, when you say, oh, how long have you guys been together? Oh, we've been together, you know, three years. Guys, I could just pause right there and let you all think independently and in some of your minds, the question is, oh, well, great. When are you getting married, right? Or if you just got married, say, say you're newlyweds and you, you, you're still in that honeymoon glow phase and, and people say, oh, you know, you just got married. You know, congratulations. I mean, the ink ain't even dry on the, on, the, on the marriage license. And often people will say what? When are you guys going to have kids? Like it's always about not being present and enjoying the moment you're in. But, but the mind wants to know, well, what's next? Well, what's next? Well, when you let folks know in the prospecting phase, you know, hey, I want to I meet with you. They just did this with Stoney. Stoney did a great job with a doctor up in, uh, up in the Dallas-Fort Worth, I think specifically Plano area. We got him sampled, got him on the phone with me. I went through my deal, I, you know, as professionally and as healthcare-oriented and, you know, wellness-minded because he's a, air quotes, alternative Doctor, even though I tell you right now, I, I firmly believe in, in chiropractic as a part of your primary care, but that's just, again, my personal opinion. 
but I, I gave him the, the pitch, and the whole time, what am I doing? I'm edifying Stoney. I'm talking about the difference of the quality and the science of our product. I'm talking about the ease of our turnkey marketing program, and I'm lifting up Barry as my partner. Why? Well, one, because I believe it, and two, because that's where I'm going to try to get that doctor to go next. I want to get you on a call with my business partner. So Stoney had a face-to-face -face meeting one. He gets him on a phone call with me, meeting two. I send him an email with some links of Dr. Jasani, Dr. Patel, Barry presenting the compensation plan, me presenting the opportunity, because we're having to do this remotely, guys, virtually, right? So we're just feeding him data. And now we've got a time set this week to talk again on the telephone to discuss a little bit of the science, and then I'm going to get him on a three-way call with Barry. Now, Barry will move him to our upcoming you know, conference, or Barry will move him to a larger Houston event if the guy's willing to you know, hop in the car or hop on a plane, or we'll let him know about the next Dallas local event that we're going to put on with Scott and Jen and Sony and, you know, whomever, you know, whoever, Matt, whoever's up there, Ryan, Jeff, Erica, you know, so, so we'll, we will move him through a process of, of BAMFAM. So, I mean, I just, I'm only telling you guys that to reiterate, there is a psychology to the business. There is a way to soft close and then kind of take it away about, you are know, using the due diligence line. Hey, Maybe this isn't for you, but get through the process enough to know. Because, guys, look, that's, that is a good sales tactic. I mean, you, the takeaway, the puppy dog sale, there are things out there that are techniques and tactics. But, guys, I mean it. it, it the energy behind it is, is, is more important sometimes than the tactic. And I mean it when I tell them, we don't want you to get involved if this is the wrong place for you. Because, guys, let me tell you, if you ever want to attain a culture, this is just my opinion, Barry's certainly welcome to – to give his, even if it differs, but if you want to attain a culture, hard sell a bunch of people, hard close them, hard sell them, don't let them perform their due diligence, <clears throat> have them get involved too quickly without the right understanding. Look, and guys, that's not me saying prospect slow. I love quick. I love, I wish I could meet a prospect on Monday to sample, Tuesday to do the biz op, Wednesday to do the, the, the comp plan, close them on Thursday, and we're prospecting their people on Friday. I, and that can happen. It has happened. It can happen. It should happen. But that's assuming that they're checking their boxes and they're getting their questions answered along the way, not being, you know, oh, we'll figure that out later. Or, oh, you know, you'll learn that after you're in the business. Guys, if you, if you oversell someone to get them in, you'll be selling them every time they have a rough meeting with a prospect, Every time somebody has a question about, I mean, it, it gets so, guys, it gets so crazy. If you oversell somebody, that's the same person that will call you and say, you know, the blue on the label doesn't match the blue of the bottle or something weird like that, right? Like, like this little innocuous thing will be the reason that they're not ready to go out and talk to their people. And the fact is they weren't ready to get involved in the business they didn't understand what it was going to take to make it work and make it a success. And now after they're involved, now they're having second thoughts. And that's what you, you guys, you can't always avoid that. I'm not, I'm not telling you to take responsibility for anyone's success. I'm not telling you to take responsibility for anyone's failures. Barry and I absolutely do not do that. But you can communicate with them just like I am with you guys 
look, we, we want you to be excited about the decision you made, whichever way you go, 12 months from now. You know, Barry's got a great story. Maybe I can goad him into, into concluding with the story today, or, or I'll even tell it, you know, if he's, if he's not available. But, you know, Barry's got a great story about Hotmail, where he had the opportunity to, to get involved, you know, when the company was just getting rolling and it was X amount of thousands of dollars. And I don't mean hundreds and hundreds, but maybe, you know, 10,000, 20,000. Maybe, guys, it was 50 or even 100,000 that Barry would have had the opportunity to invest, but he wouldn't. And it's not whether he did or didn't invest. He didn't take the meeting to do his due diligence. And Hotmail sold for like 400 and something million dollars. And I don't know where Barry would have been in that. Would he have been in a million, you know, 10 million, 100 million? I, I don't know. What I do know is he never took the initial meeting to determine or, or you know, enough, he didn't do enough due diligence. And he probably looks back now. I mean, even though he's met his wife in this business and, you know, he's made millions of dollars and he's traveled the world, maybe maybe him not getting involved in Hotmail, you know, as it was arguably one of the best things that ever happened to me because I may have not met Barry if Barry was a multi-millionaire, you know, hundred millionaire because of a Hotmail investment. You know, so, so maybe I'm really glad he didn't make that, do, you know, do that due diligence. But at the end of the day, you know, we've all driven past a piece of property and, and seen, you know, a flat piece of land and thought, boy, you know, that'd be a good Starbucks or it'd be a good, you know, medical building or, or you know, I could build a, a, you know, commercial property there. And then you drive by, you drive by, you drive by. One day the trees are gone and the building's up and somebody's, capitalized on that opportunity when you or I were just kind of daydreaming and wishing and thinking, well, maybe someday, right? So, and that's really what I want to conclude with, guys. You have to realize, and I know you know, I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking as much to me and to my partner, Barry, you know, as I am to any of you guys that are listening, but there is a deep, deep psychology, you know, that goes into not only this business, but really how people perceive or, or how they pursue their career. You know, I was talking this this weekend and, and and about health and, you know, something that Barry has always said, and, and, and I didn't necessarily get it when I was younger, but, you know, I get it today. He said, you know, people will tell you, you know, you, you ask the question, what's important, your wealth or your health, right? And most people say, oh, my health's the most important thing to me. Now, that might be true, if you say, okay, I, I'm, gonna, I'm either going to give you a million dollars or I'm going to give you cancer. So you can have a million dollars with cancer or I won't give you the million dollars and you can be healthy. I, you know what? I think people would say, forget cancer, man. I'll be healthy. It's not, it's not worth a million dollars. I, I, you know, not a risk I'm going to take. I, I'll keep my day job and stay cancer free. Okay, that I believe people do choose health over you know, monetary. But when it comes to... I've got a cold or I've got a flu or I've got, you know, an upset tummy, but I've got a project due at work. You know what? You go to work. You go to work because, because the rent, the mortgage, it doesn't care that you had an upset tummy for three days this month or it doesn't care that you got the flu, you know, for a couple of days. Work is work and your employer, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but, you know, I've seen a lot of posts on LinkedIn right now. I think people are really starting to wake up as to what's going on in corporate America and the craziness. And I'll just tell you guys, the short version, in my opinion, is corporate America is paying folks just enough that they don't quit. And as a result, and I'm not saying chicken or egg, I don't know where, where it comes first, but corporate America pays people enough, just enough they don't quit, and people work just hard enough they don't get fired. 
and, and that's the dynamic you have. I mean, we have a, a distributor, a friend, and I won't say her name, but she's a specialty pharmacy rep for oncology. She was one of our first, if not our first investor. She is a, is a brand partner. And I had to have a meeting with her this, this past week. And we were talking about some simmer stuff and just going over, you know, the kind of state of the union stuff. And she shared with me that her current employer, and, and, and emphasis on current, I said that on purpose, her current employer, meaning she is still there, has cut her pay as, a, as an indirect uh, path. They cut her territory, which then cut her pay, and she is down $130,000 from 2020 to 2019. So she made $130,000 less. Now, I don't know what she makes. She must make pretty good money to, to still have that job and still be with that employer. But, I, you know, I don't know many folks on, on any calls that we host that would be excited about taking a $130,000 annual haircut, but she's still with them. She didn't quit. Now she's looking, but what is she looking for, ironically? Another J-O-B, another, I, you know, I, I guess, $300,000 salary, you know, benefits, car allowance, and what's going to happen? She, she, she's talented, and she is marketable, so she probably will find another very good, very high-paying job, and in three to five years, mark my words, write it down if you want to, she'll be going through the exact same thing. So everyone has got to kind of find their own, you know, boiling point. Water boils at 212 degrees. And it's funny because, you know, it won't boil at 211 and a half. It won't boil until it hits 212 degrees. And that's where the cliche or the old adage comes from, oh, no, someone's about to boil over. Because at 211.5, it, it won't boil. And at 212, it is a raging, rolling boil. And so what happens to most folks, the ones that are most successful, in my opinion, in this business, is one day they spend enough, you know, whether it's quiet time, prayer time, you know, meditation time, conversations with, with other business leaders, something happens and the light bulb goes off for them where enough is just enough. And guys, these conversations, these principles, they apply to anything. You know, tell you right now, I don't know what's going on in Michael Vandiver's faith life, and, but I couldn't be more proud of him. Something happened that he said, you know what, I've always been, or, or, you know, since the day he got saved, he's been a Christian, but he decided somewhere, someday with a group of men or in the quiet stillness of his heart that his faith was going to be more important than it had previously been and that he is going to send out a text group, you know, every, every day with consistency, and he has, and I commend him for that. You know, Stoney, I don't know what's going on with Stoney right now, but Stoney used to be a bodybuilder. He's not presently in bodybuilding shape, and now this guy's, you know, starting to browbeat Barry and I about our workouts, and he's challenging us, and he's pushing us, and, and I'm, I'm picking on him because I appreciate him doing that. You know, I don't appreciate being sore, and I don't appreciate, you know, accountability when it comes to my workouts because, you know, everybody wants to slack off a little bit, but Stoney, not Stoney, man. Stoney's recommitted to, to – getting back in fighting shape. Now, I don't know if he's going to do the bodybuilding thing or not, but he's, he's, you know, he's on the bike. I think he's on the bike as we speak, you know, listening to this call, and he's, he's doing the bike, and he's, he, he, something switched in his mind, and he just said enough is enough. You know, for me, I'd say right now, I never, I don't I have no idea how I went from being a little bit overweight, you know, oh, my pants are a little tight, to buying a new, you know, waist size. Mm, how'd that happen? So I went from 32 to a 34, 34 to a 36, 
I wake up one fateful day and I'm 50 pounds overweight. And you know what, guys? The truth is that still wasn't, still wasn't enough motivation for me to take a look in the mirror and decide I needed to lose some weight. The fateful day for me that I said, okay, dang it, enough is enough, is when uh, the FDA issued a, issued a recall on Zantac, which is an antacid that I've been taking for 20 years and is now known to you know, cause cancer in certain cases. Well, for me, the reflux, you know, having to stop taking Zantac like immediately, like I didn't wean off of it. The day I learned about that, I threw it all away. I mean, you know, probably tens if not hundreds of dollars of, of, of reflux medication that just went in the trash. And, and fortunately, a friend of mine and a distributor named, you know, named Mary said, hey, I've got this program that's supposed to reset your hormones and really help with GI issues. I don't know if it will help you. But, you know, you seem pretty desperate, and believe me, I was, so I tried it. Now, the byproduct was my, well, my reflux got fixed, which is, you know, thing number one. And then the byproduct was I lost weight. I started exercising a little more. I started feeling better. Now, exercising, am I bodybuilding? No. But I started running, started walking, just started being generally more aware of, of my movement and my mobility or what I've been sitting too long or driving too long. But it was all a, a culmination of things that really took place over about 20 years. And then one day, because I didn't gain 50 pounds overnight, I gained 50 pounds over a decade. But one day, enough was enough, and I made, started making some different decisions. I started eating differently. I started you know, moving more. I started actually running. And I radically changed my overall health. Am I where I want to be? No. Am I better than where I was a year ago? Oh, my God, no, no comparison. But for me, it took, it took that moment, you know, that, 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 that wake up, that pop to that big bang, if you will, to change my situation. And so you have to provide a platform or an opportunity for people to have that same experience just now in business. Because initially, just like, you know, Barry's story, my story, it usually is tied to a finite dollar amount in the beginning or a finite goal. I mean, I remember years ago, Barry and I worked with a very successful uh, couple outside of the business. I mean, they, they came into the business already being millionaires, Joan and Steve. And I'll never forget, I sat with Joan and I just asked her, I said, look, your husband does very well. You guys live in a beautiful mountain home in Kentucky, or I say mountain, you know, foothills home in Kentucky on the big side of a big hill. You know, you got more cars than you can drive. You got beautiful kids and, you know, private institution, you know, schools. Why are you doing this? And she literally looked me in the eyes. This must have been about, I guess, 2006 or so. She looked me in the eyes and she kind of welled up with tears. And she said, I just want to make enough money in this deal that I can take my husband on vacation and it not be about money. I've already got to the, the obstacle of getting him to take time off of work and disengage and just go on a family vacation, if I can cover the money of it by myself, then I can win the fight of time. She said, I always lose the fight on vacation because I'm fighting for him for time and for money. And so she, as silly as that sounds, in hindsight, that was her why. And it was very compelling why for her. It was very important. Some people, it's about, you know, Patel's why, why he got involved in, and medical marijuana to begin with. I mean, obviously, it's a great financial opportunity. He's a very savvy businessman. 
But Patel's why is much bigger and deeper or was initially than money. His mother suffers from Parkinson's. She had a resting tremor that was keeping her up all night. So, I mean, you know, now you're talking about a medical doctor, Western trained, board certified, and he's so frustrated with, with medicine and with the healthcare system as it stands today that he sought, frankly, you know, an illegal substance in Texas anyway, to, to, because his mom was that important. I mean, that's a pretty significant why. You know, for some of you, for me, my entire adult life, my why has been my children. I, you know, I became a father at 19 years old, and, and my entire countless decisions that I've made over the last two decades have been a direct or, or assuredly indirect um, decision that I had to make because of, you know, evaluating the outcome for my children, both personal and professional decisions that I've had to make, you know, that, that would be best for my children's lives, you know, it, it, down the road in years to come and have to have that vision. So I would just tell you when, when it clicks for people over here, whether it's how they've been, you know, kind of screwed over in corporate America and that's their why, or they've been, you know, displaced or downsized, or maybe they own their own business. I mean, guys, during COVID, we had a number of distributors that owned restaurants or other, you know, retail clothing stores, other businesses, and those businesses aren't open today. Some of them are due to, due to, you know, cash flow with COVID. Some of them are due to the mask mandate. Some of them are just due to challenging partnerships. You know, you get in a partnership and you, you think you're, you know, yoked in this way, and then you kind of look up and you're like, wait a minute. This partnership isn't what I thought it was, or it's not going the way that I anticipated it would, and maybe we need to dissolve this partnership. You know, there's just a million reasons that, that, that people, you know, evaluate this as an opportunity, but those that stay, those that become top earners and top producers, folks like Olga that just keep bringing and keep bringing and keep bringing, you know, people to the table have a different why. They just have a different level of of motivation, they have a different level of what they want to accomplish, and you can just see it in their steps, you can hear it in their voice. And I'm not saying right now, and I'm not going to put her on the spot, I'm not even saying Olga can articulate her why, but I know it's in there, and I know her why is stronger and more compelling than other people's who may be on the phone than their why. I don't know if it's, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, so as you're evaluating with folks, you know, evaluate for yourself first, what is your why? Why are you here? And is it strong enough? Is your why strong enough here that you would go to a meeting sick? And by the way, I'm not asking you. We're not corporate America. I'm not saying, well, I know you got a cold, but be there on Wednesday anyway. I, that's up to you. I'm talking about the mindset. Look, I'm not proud of this, but I remember, you know, when my kids were little and they were just starting to go to school and they'd wake up a little crusty eyed and stuffy. You know, this was back before COVID when we had things just like allergies and you know, sinus infections. You know, there was other things that, that you could, you could not be well and not have COVID once upon a time. But, but I remember taking my kids temperature and it being like 99.2, you know, or 99.5, just, just, just barely elevated because they were cutting teeth or they were going through a growth spurt or they had a little bit of allergies or, whatever, and I remember giving them a little bit of Tylenol or a little bit of Motrin, sending them to school and thinking, well, it'll get me through my morning meeting, and then if I have to go pick them up, the school will call me and I'll go pick them up, right? Now, they never did. My, I, I kind of knew my kids and their body chemistry, and, and if they were sick, I let them stay home, and if they you know, were just, just 
kind of puny that day, then you know, usually they would just battle through it or, or whatever. But the point is you have to find your why, communicate that to others, whatever it could be, and then help them discover their why, and that will be your core group folks. There'll be folks that get involved. There'll even be folks, guys, Barry and I've seen them that make thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars and they never know their why. They never really discover and, and truthfully they don't stick around. I mean, we, we had it, it, the other journey, you know, there was guys that were always top one, two, three, you know, Paul, Kent, Keith, guys that were just always in the top five earner and top five producer. But, you know, the weird thing is number six through ten would often rotate year to year, and you may never see the, the number ten producer at that other company would be in the top ten in, in 2007, let's just say, and then not even around in 2008. And it wasn't because of the money. These were folks that had made six figures, and some of them were even driving you know, BMW. But they never really understood their why. They could never help other people establish or understand their why, and they'd be kind of here today, you know, stick around a year or two, and, and gone tomorrow because it just wasn't compelling enough to them to, to go to work sick. And I'm using that as a metaphor. But, but the opportunity – and what it meant to them wasn't strong enough for them to, to play hurt, as Barry and I say, or to go to work sick. But their J-O-B was, and so they would, they would lean back that direction. So anyway, I just I want to conclude this morning by just telling you guys, if you understand your why, when it became real to me, it became more important to me to go to a presentation and to take prospects than to watch football or go play recreational golf or just not go today because I was on my feet, my feet were tired, and, you know, I, I spilled coffee on my suit, and I don't want to change clothes, whatever. When, when the opportunity and the why and, and providing for my children, sending them to college without debt, when all those things started to align for me, my thinking changed, my opportunity changed, and I, was, I carried myself differently, and I can see those, in, those attributes and those characteristics in many of you, especially you know, right now. And, it, and it, again, it, it changes, but right now, Olga is hot. She just got pep in her step. She's always smiling. Or she's got bright, cheery eyes, man, stony. You know, there's just a group, of, a, a lot of folks, both in Dallas and in Houston, that are just really starting to catch the fire or catch the fever, so to speak. And I'm just telling you, when you can – when you can articulate what you're so excited about to other people and, and do it with that conviction and those cheery eyes and, and each of your own unique personalities and skill sets, it, it is going to be a game changer for you. And so, Barry, I'll just I'll kick it back to you and just say thank you for, for having me on the call. Guys, I always appreciate this opportunity to share with you. Um, I'm, I hope that, that you learn a fraction from me of what I learned from each of you guys in our interactions every single day. I'm like a sponge to learn. I'm a sponge to grow. You know, I, I'm reading nonstop. I'm sharing things with you guys, and I'm, I'm, and I'm loving everything you're sharing with me. So please keep it coming. And, and, Barry, I know we've got a huge week. I'm glad we extended the month. You absolutely made the right call so we can lock up some of these deals that are already on the table. So, guys, let's be vigilant. Let's lean in with – you know, with both shoulders, and let's get these deals wrapped up, and then let's go out into March and just have a radically different experience, you know, than, than we had last March for sure. So thank you, Barry. I appreciate the time and look forward to uh, hearing your closing remarks, and, and I know we're going to have a big week. So thank you. Sean, great job on the call, man. I got to tell you, just, um, you know, listening to the information you're sharing, I mean, uh, those of you that are, are, are you know, 
tuned in I, and I'm looking at everybody on the board here, guys, that's that's solid information. I mean, the reality is is that you know a lot of people kind of get involved to earn a little bit of money, and maybe just like myself, maybe that's maybe that's the initial you know reason. That's the you know the only reason. But the reality is is that as you go in this business, the more reasons you have, the stronger your why is. That's when you get that productive. That's when people start following you because they want to be directed. They want to be guided into a, into an environment with people that are you know focused on on their outcomes in their lives and and for the right reasons. And uh, yeah, guys, I got to tell you, I've, I've seen a lot of people come and go, and <clears throat> the stronger someone's why is, the reason that Sean Baker is in the circumstance that he is is because of decisions that he made and how he applied himself to every one of those decisions. And he's got great reasons. He's got, you know, <laughs> Sean's got four kids. He's got, you know, he's got three daughters, right? Each one of those daughters is, you know, going to have a wedding. Each one of those kids has had to graduate from college. Those are big whys. And Sean has a desire to have a life of, you know, of freedom for himself to be able to travel, to do amazing things, living. I mean, he's got to be here until he goes. Why not do all you can do, be all you can be? Those are just examples of, of things that ultimately the success and the results come because those things are in place. So great, great call, good word. Uh, and, guys, we're going, to be, we're going to be closing out, as Sean mentioned, the month of, uh, the month of February over the next couple days. So let's, uh, let's do all we can in our game planning and our strategizing and our tactics to get that done so that we can move forward in the month of March and have another phenomenal month back-to-back with February, March, with February and March. Okay, guys, thanks so much. God bless. Have a phenomenal day, and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.